This is Fire News Now, bringing you news and information from around the fire service. Proudly brought to you by the NEP Media Network, it's Friday, January 21st, 2022. I'm Jim Oleski. A mother and father, along with their two young daughters, are dead after an overnight fire ripped through their home in Louisiana. Officials say the fire broke out at about 1.30 a.m. Wednesday in the Slidell area house. Firefighters arrived in five minutes and found one victim on the first floor and three on the second floor. All four victims were taken to a hospital where they were pronounced dead. St. Tammany Fire Protection District No. 1 Chief Chris Kaufman spoke to reporters at the scene. We prayed on scene with our firefighters today. This is just not something normal. We gave the family the best chance we could give them. Just a tragic, tragic morning. Uh, My message today is... Hug your kids. Authorities say the home had one smoke detector, but it wasn't working. The cause of the fire is under investigation. In the aftermath of another multi-victim fatal fire, the president of Philadelphia's Firefighters and Paramedics Union, IFF Local 22, is asking President Joe Biden for funding to help put several Philadelphia fire companies back on the street. Ladder One, which would have likely been the first company on the scene of the January 5th duplex fire which killed 12, was closed in 2009 due to budget cuts. When a call came from the White House in the aftermath of the fire, first to IFF General President Ed Kelly, and then to Local 22 President Mike Bresnan, asking if there was anything Washington could do to help Philadelphia's firefighters, Bresnan didn't hesitate to take the opportunity to speak to President Biden directly. Bresnan spoke with Philadelphia's KYW News Radio about the call. Speak to the president might help some matters because we have the underlying issue besides our members and the tragedy that we had those budget cuts back in 2009 and one of the ladders was placed out of service back then would have been the first ladder to respond to this address. We don't know if it would have made a difference. Commissioner Teal and Mayor Kenny's done a great job in restoring four of those companies so we still have three remaining. Could you take a call from President Biden? I said absolutely. Well, he, he seemed understand. He seemed pretty concerned about it. He said, listen, that, that FEMA grant comes in, that money's there. He goes, you guys are going to get get those companies back in service. Los Angeles's mayor has nominated a female veteran of the fire department to be the next leader of the agency in a move that would be a first for the department. Mayor Eric Garcetti nominated Kristen Crowley to be the city's next fire chief. The 22-year veteran of the department would be the agency's 19th leader and its first female chief, if confirmed. Crowley spoke to reporters at a press conference on Tuesday. I'm extremely proud. Um, I'm not proud necessarily of myself. I'm proud to have the opportunity to lead uh, this organization. Um, It is a historical moment, and I understand that. But what I want to do is focus and have a very focused and strategic approach in how we can evolve as an organization and how we can actually support our members. They've been working so hard, and they've been truly dedicated, and they have sacrificed a lot to serve. So just continuing down that lane to understand, really understand and collaborate how we can put together a strong strategic approach to address, like I said, the needs of our members as well as the organization and the community. Crowley was also the department's first female fire marshal and was the second woman to hold the rank of deputy chief. If confirmed, Crowley would replace current chief Ralph Terrazas, who has led the department since 2014 and is set to retire. Petersburg, Virginia also announced it has hired its first female fire chief in its nearly 250-year history. Tina R. Watkins, formerly of Richmond Fire and Emergency Services, was chosen following an extensive search and selected from a pool of 13 candidates. 
Her first day of work will be on January 31st. Past hiring freezes and a large number of retirement-eligible employees in Portland, Oregon, are making the fire department get creative in how it fills those staffing gaps. Portland Fire and Rescue says it typically hires between 20 and 50 entry-level firefighters and sends them into a year-long academy prior to hitting the street. But officials say they don't have time to wait, so they're turning to experienced firefighters through lateral hires to fill the gaps. Lieutenant Elizabeth Thompson spoke to KGWTV about the process. Many other fire departments around the nation use a lateral hiring process. Um, so we actually did extensive outreach to departments um, to ask um, what they thought their best practices were, what some you know, shortcomings may be, you know, really get an overview of the process. And then we built our lateral, lateral recruitment with those best practices inputs in mind. The department had 692 firefighters in 2010, but that number sits at around 650 today. Thompson says the department hopes to hire between 16 and 20 lateral firefighters for its next class, which can put them on the street by the end of the summer. And now a word from NEP Services. NEP Services presents Adapt or Die. the 2022 Adapt or Die Conference. Adapt or Die. Advanced communications training for leaders and emergency responders. What we are being aggressive with is making things happen. It's moving fast. We're moving fast in everything that we do. With an incredible lineup of speakers from the worlds of public safety, organized labor, politics, and beyond. We're seizing the initiative, taking the fight to the enemy. And introducing keynote speaker, Cody Gandy, from Jocko Willick and Lee Fabin's Echelon Front. It's beyond the offensive, because you can make the call, you can dictate what the enemy is doing by the way you move on the battlefield. March 10th to 11th, 2022 at the Mirage in Las Vegas. Visit www.neptraining.org for more information and to register. Now back to the news. The COVID-19 pandemic has undoubtedly changed all of our lives. But for firefighters and paramedics, the pandemic has changed everything about how they work. From what they wear on calls, to how long it takes them to decontaminate their vehicles after each call, Leahy, Utah firefighter paramedic Aubrey Freiberg spoke to KTVX about the challenges they faced over the past two years. We want to be careful about how many people we're exposed to. We're asking our patients, you know, as never before, to come out to us, which is, it feels like, you know, poor customer service, especially these patients who are sick and, and ill and don't feel well. We're asking them to, to do additional work when, when they've called us for help. The, the world has been uprooted, right? Everything thing about people's routines have changed and we've been fortunate to maintain our routines. We knew what our job was every single day and we got to leave our homes to come here and see our co-workers every day so we feel very very lucky. Emergency health workers took to the California State Capitol on Wednesday to voice their concerns and frustrations over long wait times to transfer patients to emergency rooms. Many reported waiting several hours to transfer their patients, preventing them from responding to other emergency calls. Chino Valley Fire District Chief David Williams expressed concern in the hearing. Only a matter of time when a community member will likely die simply because they cannot get to the hospital. Patient transfer should take no more than 20 minutes. And in the last year, we were held on the wall for over two hours, more than 700 times in 2021. According to emergency health workers, this issue has been a long time coming and has only been made worse due to the pandemic and staffing shortages. 
Some proposed solutions include updating the outdated emergency medical services rules, fining hospitals if an ambulance is forced to wait longer than 20 minutes to drop off a patient, and or asking hospitals to hire additional medical staff to manage the high rate of admitted patients. And finally, a former Cincinnati area firefighter was in the right place at the right time last weekend and helped save a life. Jerry Mills, a former Covington, Kentucky firefighter who has since moved south and become a nurse, was back in his hometown Saturday to watch his beloved Cincinnati Bengals host the Las Vegas Raiders in the NFL playoffs. As he was walking into Paul Brown Stadium, Mills noticed a commotion and saw that a man was having a medical emergency. Mills quickly realized that the man was in cardiac arrest and started CPR along with another bystander. The down man soon started breathing on his own. And Mills, this die-hard Bengals fan and the brother-in-law of Bengals running back coach Justin Hill, realized the man was wearing a Raiders jersey. Mills spoke to Cincinnati's WKRC Channel 12. I didn't see the Raiders colors. You know, I see that he had a Raiders jacket on, but when it's a light, I don't care who you are or what you are. I'm going to save your life and make sure you you come back. And if you don't come back, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that when I step away from it, I know I did everything I could. The man who went into cardiac arrest was taken to a local hospital and is expected to be okay. From the NEP Media Network, this is the January 21st, 2022 edition of Fire News Now. Remember to subscribe to Fire News Now wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also reach us at nep.news at nepservices.com.